Hey family, welcome, welcome, welcome to You Ought to Know, where we talk about things we think you ought to know. I'm your host, Jerome Matthews. Pop into our pod as we discuss fitness, health, nutrition, and let's see how we can balance those into our daily lives. Hey, oh, you ought to know. Hey family, so I know you heard of heat vision, uh, x-ray vision, ooh, uh, supervision, WandaVision, but have you ever heard of sports vision? Well, after today, you will. We have Mr. Dr. Eric Kelly popping into the pod. Dr. Eric Kelly, thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, oh, there it is. I was going to say, like, hand clap, I'll clap for you, too. I, you, would you believe it if I told you I made that noise? Oh, I, I 100% believe that. Okay, cool. That's not the truth. But, uh, yeah, thank you for popping into the pod. Uh, let's see what we have to talk about. Dr. Eric Kelly is joining us. And, um, hey, first off, is there any way we can find you, websites? Yeah, so the easiest way uh, to find us would be um, Ackworth Family Eye Care. That's the uh, eye clinic that, we, that I was actually at this morning seeing patients. <laughs> and then Strive Performance Vision. You can go to strive-strong.com and find some information there. Okay. Um, so, so I know, so Sports Vision, I guess I know a lot about it just because um, – just the connections, you know, that uh, we know and and I'm familiar with it. But for those out there who they're just like, what are you talking about? Sports vision, you know, it's either sports or you have vision. <laughs> you know, what is this together? What yeah. what, what what do you tell them? Yeah. So um, a lot of like traditional sports training, it's specifically for, like when I was a kid you get dropped off at like practice and you mm-hmm. go there with your coach and you practice with your team and a lot of uh, dedication and focus for sports has always been in just the physical aspect as far as like being able to hit a ball, like how to swing the bat, how to throw the ball as far as baseball is concerned, stuff like that. Um, but rarely a lot of thought has ever gone gone into it as far as the vision, right? Mm-hmm. The aspect that's probably the most key as far as sensory into playing sports, every single sport that you play um, requires accurate uh, vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and every level you go up in any sport, uh, requires more and more precise vision. And it's not just the ability to see things far away clear. Because um, mm-hmm. that's traditionally where, you know, visual acuity, if we talk about can you see clear at a distance, that's usually what it focuses on. So you know? you're not, um, you're, are you helping their vision? Like, can you improve someone's vision? Yes. Their self? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the first thing. So whenever we bring in a person for sports version evaluation, the first thing we recommend is a comprehensive eye exam to make sure that you can see clear at distance. Uh, Make sure your eyes are healthy. That's kind of the foundation. So you build the foundation. And from there, you know, how you see is not just everything. It's how you process those skills, how quickly you process those skills, the the type of... um, ability to adapt to different situations and think clearly and, and act on those quick decisions. Um, and in a split second, in a lot of cases that can either one, improve your score or two, uh, you know, prevent you from getting hurt. Okay. Okay. So, um, what, what's an evaluation look like? So you, you know, you go in, is it just, you put them through this exam and then you tell them, Hey, you're, you need help on this and this and this, what do we look like? Yeah. So we look at like a core area of like 10 different concepts. Um, it could be visual clarity is something that we look at as well, but depth perception, contrast sensitivity, which for example, a good way to think about that is if a fly balls in the air, okay, the walls, the ball is white, mm-hmm. the clouds are white. 
can you still see, I mean, I'm sure if I put a black ball up there, you might be able to see it, but mm -hmm. can you see it well if it's white on white? Mm -hmm. um, and you can help improve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and those are just the foundational things. And from there, we'll work, work our way up to like reaction time, um, decision making, go, no go situations, you know, how quickly can you decide um, whether or not you need to swing a bat, you know, things like that, mm -hmm. your ability to track with convergence, um, your ability to track a ball in the air, like a fly ball, things like that. There's a lot of different visual skills that go into playing a sport and rather just being able to see far away. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, because and you talk about the physical aspect of it. So, you know, my eyes need to, the, the way I understand it, if, if uh, an object is coming at me, and I catch it, there's so many things that that's just happened with with that that successful catch. It's the eyes need to tell the body oh, yeah. something is happening. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. I mean, first off, the ball's coming in the air. So you're tracking a ball in there. That's a pursuit. Um, you have to put your hand up. So you got hand eye coordination that's involved there. OK, you're picking out that ball from the background. So you got figure background determination that you're making there. Okay. And then as the ball's coming in towards you, you're using a virgin system. You're converging your eyes from looking straight ahead. When something gets close to you, your eyes come into it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you need your, both your eyes need to be working well together. And then you have the depth perception as the ball's coming at you as well. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. Then you just like, you know, the natural, just picking your hand up and catching a ball. So why, I, I guess it seems so, uh, complex in a sense, but uh, kind of basic in a in, in a in a way that, duh, your eyes are important for for <laughs> sports, right? So why is this? Why do you think that this is a new kind of way, or or is it new? Have have, have they been looking into sports vision for a while, or so it is a relatively new thing. Um, in that, not a lot of train like there's only a few um, location like st standalone locations that do uh, vision training and, mm -hmm. and vision training analysis as far as sports vision. Um, so it is relatively new. Um, now you'll see it a lot more in, um, for example, like Alabama football has a lot of the tools that we'll use. Okay. Um, NFL has a lot of like Matt Ryan and Steph Curry and, and like these advanced elite um, people have these, these tools at their disposal, but it's not really done at a lower level just mm -hmm. because the, it takes an expense to get all these things and to have the expertise to be able to do it. Sure. Um, so it's, that's why it's just not really offered. And when it's not really offered, it doesn't really get talked about as much. So do you think that you've seen, um, cause did you play sports growing up? Yeah, I played, I played <laughs> pretty much all the, all year. I grew up down in South Florida. So, um, I played pretty much sports all year round. A lot of times, two a days, football, soccer, um, a little bit of baseball, basketball as well, uh -huh. so pretty much all of it. What was uh, training like for you? Um, uh, so I had I played travel soccer, so that was at least I think five days a week, and then on the weekend playing high school soccer. So we're just like there's different seasons, right? Obviously, sure. so um, I was doing that soccer like mid, like in the prime of the season, mm -hmm. at least seven, eight times a week. And so, like uh, in in more so the physical aspect of it, did it become like, do you see the benefit in uh, relation to now that you know about sports vision? Uh, if you would have, it's more like uh, if you would have known, would you have done this differently? You know, like, because uh, what kind of training were you doing now? Then what would you have incorporated? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, 
a lot of parents are like, well, you know, why would my kid need this? And and there's obvious things, right? If a kid has an, uh, their, their child has an nystagmus or an eye turn or an amblyopia, whereas, you know, their vision. Say that word one, again. Amblyopia. Amblyopia. Yeah, it's do where you know the, how to spell that. <laughs> I'm going to try to spell it. Just do. You, just tell me if I'm right. So right. say it one more time. Amblyopia. Amblyopia. Yeah. A M B. L O. E P I A. So we're going to ask Brian if, if do, do you know if that's right? It's close. There's a Y in there for sure, though. <laughs> Amblyopia. Yeah, and it's where okay. the vision in one eye is permanently worse, even when corrected, than the other eye. And can happen for a variety of reasons. Like what? Um, I mean, like, that's not something you're just born with? It, it, it can happen over time? Uh, no, yeah, it's it's something that de- can develop. You know, for, for a good common way for it to develop is if your eyes turned, there's always getting a better vision in the other eye, so... And when the eyes turn, you know, that the the connections with the brain don't develop as well as the good, the good eye. And so oh. they rely heavily on the good eye. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially just like, like I said, it's not just what enters your eye. It's what you perceive in your brain and then how you act on that information. And the, the information just doesn't develop as well with the with the bad eye as it does with the good eye. So a lot of that is, you know, training, forcing you to use the other eye and correcting the vision and the, and the bad eye so that mm-hmm. you can develop those connections. So like... Uh, I guess now, what made you get into, so what, I mean, your occupation, you're an optometrist? Yes, optometrist, yeah. Okay, so take me with, because is this the path, this is this journey you want to go on, or what? It's It's been a winding journey. I, so my dad was a firefighter, my mom was a nurse, I was a lifeguard. I know it for a long time that I wanted to work in healthcare, and just because I really enjoy helping people. That's the, kind of the main goal for me, that's why I do it. Um and then I went to University of Florida, which I know is like a heated argument here. Or I got to walk on tippy toes around here. Say, go dogs, <laughs> go dogs. I I was hoping the camera would get to me because go dogs. Yeah. So I did my undergraduate there and got a degree in biology from there. Um, wasn't exactly sure, but I knew I wanted to like kind of try out different areas and see what I liked. Uh, so in the meantime, I worked at a company called Arte Surgical. I uh, did a what's called a multipotent adult progenitor stem cells. I did a stem cell process as a 10 day process that got used, um, from adult progenitor cells into a bone graft that got incorporated into a bone graft. So it was isolating that. Um, from there I decided I wanted to do, go into optometry. I'd been shadowing an optometrist, um, and I needed to go back and take some more classes. So I went back, took some more classes, uh, knew that I was going to be moving there. That was my career. Mm-hmm. Um, so my brother was actually up in Atlanta and he had a, a daughter that had, was like a year old. So I came up here um, started working at the aquarium for a short stint while I was studying for my entrance exams for about six months. What'd you and do at the aquarium? I, I was kind of just like a lower level guy. I, it was one of those things where it's like, I know I'm doing this. Like, I'm not going to have an opportunity when I have kids and stuff like this to be able to do this again. Let's do something that's fun while oh, I can. So right you now. went into the aquarium for the experience. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I do a lot of what I do for experience. Oh, that's, um, cool, that's man. like the main decision factor. Do you like with, fish or yeah, like, why, yeah, I grew up the on the water and stuff like that. So, and it was like just a great opportunity to do something really cool. Okay, cool. And then from there I worked at the Emory, uh, university laboratory of biochemical pharmacology. It's run by Dr. Shinazi. Um, it's, <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. Right. Um, it's a laboratory that developed, uh, the cure for hepatitis C, a lot of the medications that people with HIV use, he developed those as well. So that was, again, just like a pure experience. Like, I might not be able to get this experience again. Like, this is awesome. Let's do this. Um, and I was working toxicology there. I did that for about six months, then went to optometry school, Nova Southeastern University. Um, and now I'm here. And so optometry school, 
I guess I'm I'm wondering where why when did we figure out sports vision, you know, was a field? Yeah, so it was always something in my back of my mind, like, you know, wouldn't it be cool to be the guy on the sideline at the football game or something like that, you know, and be helping. Oh, so you knew there was someone like because I guess in my head, I didn't even know that I really didn't understand. I mean, and now it makes so much sense. Duh, they have people vision training. Oh, like, yeah. obviously they have that. But you're saying they're out on the field. This is something that people should know. Yeah, like, well, I think I think usually there's a there's a, like there's always a preferred optometrist and stuff like that that provides the eye care for them. Mm-hmm. But I I love thinking about like the classic Jameis Winston where he's like squinting down the sideline. Something I'm like, man, someone get that guy some contacts, <laughs> please. Um, but yeah, I believe that they usually do have an eye specialist on there. If someone gets poked in the eye, they can handle that, or a contact falls out or something like that. So they're not like they're not like running in the game or anything like that. But I think there's usually. But anyway, so I, I love sports growing up, and I knew that that would be like kind of a niche area that I would love to be in. Um, so that's kind of what led me down that path. Okay. Uh, what's, what's one of the common things you're seeing in after an evaluation and what age is that's this more suitable for, or is it any age I can do this? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question because a lot of parents are like, eh, I don't know if it's right for them, but, um, any person, like anyone that plays sports, it's a good idea to get this done, you know, because, not only do we tailor it to the age, we tailor it to the skill level. We tailor tailor it to the position, right? A pitcher has the visual tasks are they're shared between a batter and a, and a pitcher, but a pitcher has a lot of specific visual tasks that he has to do. Mm-hmm. A basketball player, um, a point guard, the visual tasks that he's doing when he's driving down the court, you know, he needs to be open as far as peripheral vision, but he needs to be able to, you know, see stuff. And he needs to be able to have double focus. You know, similar to a quarterback when he snaps, uh, drops back with the ball. He needs to be able to key on on the on the wide receiver. He's supposed to like his hot route essentially, but he mm-hmm. needs to know where everyone else is on the field. He can't just look at him only, and he can't see the safety that's coming around the corner mm-hmm. to like knock his guy out or intercept the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, so the visual task from each individual position is important. Um, and then all the way from the the level of play, you know, t ball to rec to high school to college to pro athlete, the abilities are different, and we can kind of use our data and the data set from a lot of the tools that we use, like Synaptech, NeuroTrainer, uh, Visual Edge, and things like that, um, RideEye as well. They, they have data from, you know, all those different levels. So we can compare, you know, if there's a high school athlete and he's looking to go to college, you know, he's looking to go JUCO, he's looking to go D1, we have that data to compare, like, all right, this is where you normal people that are going D1 athletes are. This is where you're at. Here's are your strengths, and here are things that you could probably improve on, you mm-hmm. know. And so each individual person is different. Each position is different, and we can tailor yeah. it that way. So I see uh, the benefits for an athlete playing a sport, you know, with a ball. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, an object is coming to you, and you have to catch it, or you have to shoot an object and right, set right. go. Um, now what about, you know, other sports? Yeah. Right. It's a good point. There's, there's a lot of visual tasks that are, for example, we, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, um, a trainer for shooting come in. Uh, he was Olympic. He had trained Olympic shooters like mm-hmm. that. We just had the Olympics, so it's quite, quite relevant. But uh-huh. uh, he came in, he did a visual evaluation and, and kind of went through the process. And it was interesting to see because he's been doing this for a long time. And some of the things, because his tasks, like I said, are very different. So he was very good at maintaining focus and attention on a target, right? Because that's what they do. He's a target shooter. Okay. Okay. But his peripheral vision was, he just was below average on a lot of those scores. Like he couldn't even complete some of them, right? Um, and that's important. And, and, 
tells us, you know, he's really good at focusing in a target, but his peripheral vision isn't as great. But maybe in his, his sport, you know, may, is that really important? Or is it being able to maintain focus and attention on that specific target more important? Um, esports. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, a lot of visual tasks that are very specific to esports. And that's a growing, growing field by far. Um, but you're close to, you know, you're not far away really ever. You're mm-hmm. close and you need to have detailed vision. You need to have your eyes team really well together um, and maintain focus for a long amount of time if you're doing esports. And those visual tasks are way different from other sports. So with the shooting, uh, you said like it's it's the athlete was able to focus on one target. Right. You know, pre- precision shooting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if he has trouble in peripheral, what kind of exercises or drills or like how would you try to, you know, resolve that? Yeah. So any anywhere we see an opportunity for improvement, it's just like uh, going to the gym. It's just like physical therapy. We see what your weaknesses are and we put you in a position to where um, we'll work you up slowly, obviously, but mm-hmm. we're going to put you in a position to where we're challenging those weak skills that's the only way you're going to get better right is by challenging those specific skills so we key in on what you're not doing what we feel like you can improve on where you have an area for improvement um, and we'll key in on those specific tasks your peripheral vision will force you to use your peripheral vision Mm -hmm. um, whether it be through a go no go or whatever and make it engaging so that you're actually involved in the process so the key is to expose the deficiency so it's so it's no longer yeah. in a deficiency. First, we identify the issues, and then we work on them. Okay. Okay. And then how long is, is a session? Well, I guess not a session, but um, how long do you see the athlete? Is this something that I have to see them forever now right, in yeah. order for it to work? Yeah. So it's really up to the specific patient you know go patient by patient okay um so some people have stuff that's like you know we can put you through a seven-week course and you're probably getting a good improvement some people want to stay forever you know because it's it's something that you can continue to improve on but so it's it's really just each individual person and and everyone can has a different time frame everyone has different amount of time that's available to them um so we work with each individual person i can't say that you know you would need this amount of time versus that person would need that amount of time because everyone's different how they adapt to the training is, is different. How, you know, what type of visual schools, like how much work do they need? And so mm-hmm. it's, it's each, each individual person is tailored for. So is it uh, only training that they're meeting with you or can they work on things at home? Like, is this something that only a doctor could be with you for? No, no. So, so we, the, the key thing is to evaluate and see you're at, at the start. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then go through the visual training process and it's just as important, in my opinion, to be doing it at home because we give at home stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And that stuff is just because you may only come in once a week. Right. If you only go to the gym once a week, you'll get a little better. Right. But mm-hmm. if you go to the gym every single day for a week for th- seven weeks, you're going to be a lot farther along than if you just went once a week for seven sure. weeks. Exactly. So driving in the, the point at home because you, you can't come in every single week. A lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. people are busy. Parents are busy. Um, so doing that at home stuff is just as important, in my opinion, as the stuff that you do with us uh, at the at Stripe Performance. Okay. So I don't play a sport, though. And my my cousin John doesn't play a sport, but he really cares about his vision. Yeah. I mean, he's heard that there are things that they, he could, the exercises he can do to improve um, some of those visual skills, right? Mm-hmm. Is it for, can he, can John and I try it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to, we can incorporate 
really any visual test. It's really, we'll see where you're at and what can you improve? We'll, we'll, we go through a different battery. We go through the same battery actually for every single person, but we evaluate, evaluate the deficiencies and then we can work with anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can work with whatever type of, uh, really goals you have. So it's important to define the goal, right? If a patient comes in and I'm going to switch back to sports specifically, but mm -hmm. their difficulty is they have difficulty hitting a ball when it goes fast. Right. So we're going to work on that. You know, mm -hmm. you just need to know what you want as an angle. You know, if there's no angle, it's difficult that we can just go through stuff, but there's no like angle. There's nowhere to work towards. Then we'll just work, but we're not going towards a goal. So it's it, anyone can do it for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but we just need to find, you know, what, what do you want to get out of this? You know, um, we can evaluate what you're good at, what you're bad at, and then work on those things that you want to get better at. Are there instances where you just have to realize that, I mean, it, there's something you, there's some things you just can't improve. Like when I go in, should I just already understand this won't be improved? There are cases to where you'll reach like a plateau. Okay. Okay. Um, like for go back to the like some people you can try and improve it but after a certain age it kind of gets ingrained enough to where I, i'm not going to make a promise that you're going to see in your bad eye like you do in your good eye i'll make the promise that we're going to make every attempt to make you see as good in both eyes mm -hmm. but and you definitely will see better with our work than you would without it okay but i'm not going to say you're going to be perfect forever you know and and it's really and that goes right back to you know how 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 does each individual person adapt to what we're doing, you know, how devoted are they to doing it? You know, if you just come in once a week and you do your thing, you go home and, and you get home, you're like, I'm tired. I don't want to do it tomorrow. I don't want to do it the day after it's not going to work as well. So, um, but yeah, we can improve at each skill and it's important to know, like with the higher you go, as far as levels go, you know, the professional athlete, the every little minor difference is a huge difference, especially like um, for example, Aaron Judge does visual training, I believe, like right before, like 30 minutes before, he just does a quick session of visual training just to get his mind right, get his eyes working right. So he's focused, he's keyed in. Those, he has maybe less than half a second uh, to hit a fastball, right? And it takes maybe a tenth of a second, I think a little over, to swing a bat, right? So he has like maybe 0.3 seconds to make the decision, hey, am I going to hit this ball? Am I not going to hit this ball? You know, that's such a small margin of error there in that level that any improvement is a leg up on everyone else. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes him good. And know? so starting off, I mean, as early as what age? Um, you know, so it's really a maturity thing then. Um, if you, you know, we, as far as visual training, because we do vision therapy and we do sports vision. They're two different oh. areas, but they're linked. Um, vision therapy is more of like, if a kid has an eye turn or something like that and they're looking to, excuse me, if they're looking to read or something like that and really looking to correct a, an eye turn or something like that, we can work on that stuff specifically. Okay. But, uh, and we usually start there around five years old, four or five years old, and it's really just a maturity thing. Like, will they be able to get through this visual training or are we just like wasting our time as far as them not being able to comprehend what we're doing and not being able to do this stuff? Um, the same thing that would apply to sports vision, you know, if they're playing sports, they're probably in, you know, at a level to where they can probably go through the visual, the sports training. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really like a maturity thing. And, and parents and stuff in the individual person would know that more than we would. Um, so we, we can look at that as well and be like, hey, and we can always try and be like, hey, you know, maybe we give it another year. You know, mm -hmm. maybe we mature a little bit more so we can understand a little bit more. And what we're doing. mature and, and you're looking at maturity level in as like how serious they take the sessions or the ability to understand what we're doing, what we're asking of them 
and the ability to to like maintain focus and and do it you know okay. like it, it's if they just they can only maintain focus for like 10 minutes 15 minutes at a time before they're going off and doing something else then it's you. you know we're it, we're and so would to, you more so okay so you wouldn't uh suggest them go to visual therapy or vision therapy it's just because the the difference between vision therapy and sports vision is one is sports is yeah. that like really in, in sports specific exactly yeah okay. we're looking when you come to sports vision we're looking you play a sport and you're looking to improve in that sport in some way whether big or small and we can give you the tools to succeed visually and be more accurate and be able to think quicker and make those connections quicker with but from your eyes to your brain to the action mm -hmm. faster that's that's what we work on specific with sports and then visual therapy is more for non-sports stuff uh, the exercises though for them are they are there any crossover or there's a lot of the techniques that are the same i say with I, I would say with sports vision though we're focused specifically on things that are aimed at their sport so we try and tailor it to what they do there's no point in putting someone uh like a qb through some visual tasks that a basketball player would use mm -hmm. make sure they may have some similarities but we're going to try and tailor it to the specific things that a QB goes through from snap till he throws the ball till he runs or whatever, like each individual play, even the decision-making process. Okay. Um, now there is a lot of carryover in that. If you go through, through sports vision training, there's a lot of parents that, you know, I've heard that, you know, they're able to maintain focus longer. Right. But that's because they're having to maintain focus on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it carries over. It's not like a one, one size, you know, one thing only affects sports. You know, it's carry carries over into every aspect of life. You know, they can maintain focus in school a little bit longer because they've been working on those visual tasks to maintain focus better when they're trying to hit a ball or something like that. Uh -huh. you know? So, cause I was going to ask, do you follow up with any of the uh, patients to kind of see how, uh, it does affect, I mean, do you keep up with any games or have you heard from the parents the feedback that they have seen a difference? Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're working, you know, we work constantly with people. Um, and that's, that's the key to, we, we do an initial evaluation and then we do an evaluation at a set point as well. So like we, we look back and we're like, okay, how well are we doing? Are we improving? Should mm -hmm. we switch things up? It's not just like, Hey, do an evaluation. Here you go. You know, you go, go do some stuff and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. You know, we, we will check and make sure like, Hey, is this working? Do we need to switch things up? Sure. You know, what are the goals now? Have they changed? You know, all that stuff. We'll, we'll do periodic progress checks. Um, and I've heard good things from, from multiple parents. So, cause that's, that's, I mean, what you look for in the program is the efficacy, you know, like, is it, is it working and, yeah. and you know, how long does it take for yeah. this to happen? So, um, you know, are you hearing a lot of the, the, the feedback with just more so sports specific, or like you said, are you seeing other things in other aspects of their life? Like, you know, they're, they're in school, they do focus better because of it. Yeah, no, both, both, okay. absolutely both. Now our key is the goals. you know, if you need, if you're looking to hit a ball, that's moving faster. Yeah. That's what we're looking for specifically, but we hear anecdotal stuff on that's top of awesome. that um, to where it improves every aspect. of do, Is there any other kind of training you would want to supplement, um, you know, sports vision training with that you think is important, whether it be, you know, meditation or, uh, weight room stuff like what what else would you suggest them do? yeah so the whole the whole thing is a whole process right so it's that's that's kind of the key too and that's why sports vision hasn't been thought of much is because we've been focusing on just the physical part mm -hmm. right but being you know being comfortable getting enough sleep you know being clear of mind being focused 
sports vision, mm-hmm. you know, the fiscal aspect, all these areas encompass how you play on each individual play each individual day. So it's not just like you look at one aspect and you don't you ignore all the other aspects, which is what's been going on for a long time. Luckily, now that's starting to change, but we're starting to realize like, hey, it's not just going out there and playing. It's not just learning how to swing a bat. It's learning how to use your eyes, mm-hmm. every aspect. And slow down the game, do. right? Yes. You know, like it's it's the optimal version of of what you do is, you know, when we're operating in this chaotic environment, we don't think straight, you yeah. know, when everything's going to ride. But like when we slow down, take a deep breath, that's what we always say, just relax right. because we're able to think clearly. And, and, and it has to be, there has to be that same correlation with performance, right? Sports performance. If you're slowing it down, you can see it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and with patients, I'll just give you an example. Um, a patient has a trophy, which is an eye turn or a strabismus. Um, you'll notice that more at the end of the day, the parents will notice it more. They'll notice it more when they're fatigued. Right. Because it's physical stress that's being put on you. Um, So that's when parents start to notice it more when you're playing in a game. Right. In the fourth quarter, you need to be able to perform like you were in the first quarter. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you need to be able to have those visual skills, because not only are you going to be tired and your physicalness, your physicality is going to start breaking down. Your vision is going to start breaking down how accurate you are, how quickly you make those decisions, how quickly you can think and act on those things. That's all those things. So. If you put yourself in a position to have a high tolerance as far as stress and fatigue, you'll be able to perform better in those situations. And that gives you a leg up over everyone else. Okay. And then y'all kind of recreate those um, environments for them so they can experience them now. So whenever they need to perform, they're able to excel. Right. Yeah. Like I said, we work on the things that you can't do well. Gotcha. Okay, we stress those things. We put you in a stress. Well, we I don't want to say like stress you out. Yeah. <laughs> we we try to stress those areas, sure. right? Because those you are your better? weaknesses, and that's yeah. how you get better. Exactly. Well, um, well, listen. Thank you. Thank you for popping into the pod. I I think it's one of those things that um, they just people. The, I I can say that they're we have to be aware of it. But sports vision is is so it's so important. Right. And, and where do you see it going from here? I mean, this is, it has to be just the beginning, right? Right. And that's why I'm so excited to be doing this is because it's kind of still in its infancy and every year, every couple of months, we learn a little bit more and it grows a little bit more and we find out more and we find different techniques. Like for example, one of the techniques that we use now for like pitchers or for hitters is we have uh, strobe glasses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works off of a, uh, a technique called like stroboscopic training where it was developed by Nike, I think originally, but now Synaptic uh, uh, manufactures them. And you can have a flicker rate to where you're getting less visual information. Okay. You put these glasses on and it flickers, right? And mm-hmm. the first step is like it flickers really fast. So you're getting a lot of information. You're just not getting as much as if you didn't have them on. And then we can slow that flicker down to where you're only getting a little bit of information and less and less and less and less. And you're forced to make those decisions quicker and faster with less and less detail. And when you can do that, you increase, you increase your ability to think quickly and work on little information and make the right choices and act appropriately based off of less information. Um, and that can keep you help, healthy as well as improve your ability in each sport. Are there other tools that you use specifically? Yeah, so there's a lot of, we use like balance boards. We try to like make it more as re-world as possible, right? So um, we have Synaptic. There's a tool that has a light moving down a strip. It's hard to describe, but <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, we use a lot of different Synaptic stuff. Ride eye, uh, eye tracking movement. Neurotrainer is a virtual reality headset that we that we're working uh, with patients. We do the initial evaluation, and actually I'm working with a patient right now who doesn't live in our area, and I we can do visual training. He's in Mississippi right now. We can do visual training with him 
even though he's not even in the same state with us. Mm -hmm. So there's, we're, we're very flexible in that regard. Um, there's a lot of different tools that we use um, that, that help us out. And that's, that's evolving every single day, which is exciting. Are you hearing, uh, you know, other trainers in different sports like that are more physical? Are they receptive to their athletes doing vision training? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, there's a lot of professional athletes that are using these things. Um, Steph Curry, Matt Ryan. I know Trent Alexander-Arnold went through a neuro trainer process. Alabama, vo Alabama football has one of the synaptic training uh, Duke basketball has one of the synaptic training sensors that we have in our, our in our location as well. So a lot of these upper level athletes are starting to use this. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do is make these tools available to even the t-ball player or the high school player who wants to go call, go to college for sports and is looking for the, just those little edges to, to get a, a bit better than this competition. So it's only a matter of time until, you know, this is just a part of training for the athlete that's the hope at, okay. that's the hope it should be honestly it hasn't been before but it it should be and i don't know it's it's just not out there enough which is why i'm glad we're doing this today mm -hmm. that we can kind of spread the word a little bit that this is important it's not just showing up to practice it's showing up and being ready to go and having the visual skills to perform at a high level every single time mm -hmm. well dr eric kelly i uh i see that we have a lot of information that we need to process, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it's so bad with the the bad jokes. But um, thank you, seriously, thank you so much for uh, popping into the pod, talking about sports vision with us, and uh, I hope you got some information that you ought to know because I sure know I did. Uh, thank you again, family, for tuning in. Once again, make sure you hit that like button, uh, leave us a comment, to tell us what else you want to know. Uh, but I'll see you next week. Uh, you. Otter, no, robot, yeah, here we go. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to You Ought to Know, where we share some information we think you ought to know. Hey, if you like this show, be sure to like and subscribe. Also, be sure to check out our show notes to check out our sponsors. We'll see you next time. Thank you again.